everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 494. We are that podcast for anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ranma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigogami. And somehow when I grab the microphones, it, it popped right out of the stand, so I'm like, oh, that's not good. Oops. <laughs> no, but it's actually designed so you can take it in and out of the stand. I don't know why, but, you know, it works, but, you know, everything's back to the way it should be, so. Hi, everybody! How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, that bad, I'm huh? sleepy. That bad, I'm just huh? tired. Mm. Well, doing okay. Keeping busy today. We had a fun stream, so it was a good day. Very much fun indeed, you know. <laughs> yes, looks like Ron was having issues already. Yes. For those of you who are new to the stream, just so you know, no matter how organized I get everything set, something goes wrong. Always. One thing or another. It could be something minuscule, like, you know, the microphone stand popping out when grabbing it, or... You know, OBS deciding to give me the middle finger just completely locking up, you know. So, yes. As Bob Coffee says, Hell froze over last week. It's understandable. Wait, what about WrestleMania? What was that about Hell freezing over? Mm -hmm. I had zero interest in WrestleMania. I, like, I didn't even remember what was on until I was told about it. Ari, I'll tell you this. If I had paid for it, I would have taken the Metro North up to Connecticut went to WWE headquarters, rolled up on Vince, and demanded a refund. And he may have thrown me one... He may have one arm thrown me out of his office, but I would have gone down fighting, so, you know. Yeah, he's a 75-year-old jacked-up man. I mean, he has his own private gym. But anywho, moving right along, we are live tonight, week of April 13, 2021, right here on Twitch TV. You can find us here every Tuesday from 9.30 to 11 here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. And we're also part of the Voice of Geeks Network. So you can find them at vognetwork.com, as well as also here on Twitch at Twitch TV slash vognetwork. And don't forget, we also have a Discord, so you can hang out with us there at vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every show that's a part of the Voice of Geeks Network has their own little channel. So come by, hang out, and have a good old time. So it's it, and that's that, and we're moving right along. So at least this time, my Surface 3 is actually working the way it should, because I finally replaced the power cord. So advance next. There we go. So we're going to go around the room with how was your week? How was your day? Ari. Uh, well, payday was today, and I got all of my uh, overtime and holiday pay from Easter, mm. so that was a huge bonus. So you heard Shane O'Mac's theme song when you got that money? Well, I woke up, and checked my bank balance, I'm like, ah. you know, because I just felt so much better about shit going on. Mm. And uh, let's see, you know, got the bills paid and all today. I'm, I've gotten so far ahead on my uh, car payment. It's not even funny. Well, it is to me. I mean, all that lost interest money that banks are losing. <laughs> mm. Uh, but 
Yeah, I told you about, you know, when I went to the doctors last week, right? Yeah. For uh, the uh, both the CT scan and the uh, problem with my knee while, while I'm still out? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, recovering, you know, trying not to go stir-crazy sitting at home doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And all that good stuff. Well, I kind I kind of understand. Like, you know, it's still workman's compensation, but yeah. I, I I can still do nothing else until like, until I get the all clear to go back to work. It's not like I like sitting home and doing nothing. Well, you can sit there, read a book, you know, take notes for your next great um story. There you go. You could do that. Uh, but there, but there's times when I'm just like so mentally and emotionally worn down that I just sit like sit there and just stare blankly at the, like i get like a thousand yard stare mm. you know just going out into the distance like gotcha i did see uh godzilla king of the monsters this past weekend friend and i a friend came over to watch it with me because he was uh hyping it for me and uh, mm-hmm. he's excited about godzilla versus kong did you like it it was pretty good okay i mean like the the plot was the plot needed something to be desired, but it's a giant monster movie. That's not exactly a high priority. Well, it's part of a franchise. So I've been saying for the last few weeks, I will go to rewatch the first one, then King of All Monsters, and then I was going to watch Skull Island, but I never, and then watch the fourth one, but I never did. So I'm thinking Thursday, I may just sit down and watch Skull Island. Then I can get into also, King of the Monsters. He also told me that there's tons of, uh, Easter eggs and the things you got to see, you, you can only pick up, you know, after watching it a couple of times. Like, my friend was just so elated that uh, mm. one of the names of the monsters is a uh, Titanus Leviathan. Yeah. Which is the, which is the uh, Latin name for the Loch Ness Monster. Oh. Interesting. Uh, it's, it's another one of those things where you got to, you know, pause it at the right time and gotcha okay sounds uh, but good but other than that yeah it's just uh you know trying not to go crazy i hear you marco chan how was your week how was your day uh not horrible um i've just basically been uh hanging out at home my normal uh trying to think if i did anything no no it's boring i'm boring it's okay (laughs) Mm. i'm i i actually i i ate out in a restaurant for the first time since covid started and it was a very weird experience because i haven't eaten in a restaurant in over a year so i mean that that I guess was different. Um, but other than that, uh, I haven't really done anything. Um, I did find a place that makes crumb cake and that's basically all they make is various flavors of crumb cake and it's kind of tasty. So, uh, I may have to stop back up there and grab some different flavors. Uh, but other than that, no, everything else is good. Hmm. Okay. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, I've been going pretty well. Uh, 
basically, we streamed today. We did some fashion illustration stuff. So I finally got those done, which That's is good. like some a project I've wanted to work on for a little while. So that was super fun. Uh, and then planning a little bit of a screen, uh, like a little like movie night for the first three episodes of House Husband. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Out, so we're planning to do that on Friday at 6 p.m. on my Discord server. Um, and yeah, just kind of like chilling out. Uh, it's been just kind of a quiet week. Well, I mean, I, I went out and I got my first vaccine, so I'm very happy about that. But Good for it you. is going to probably be like my my second vaccine and then the booster shot before I even feel comfortable going into public places because of what is going on now with all the stuff going on in our world. Mm-hmm. But uh, in general, it, I'm pretty happy uh, with whatever is going on, but I am also happy being a bog witch, disconnecting from human society and living off the land. So I am perfectly happy with Stardew Valley as I've been addicted to it in the last uh, week and a half. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, Great game. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Ichigo, I have one question for you, though. What's your question? Weren't you always a bog witch disconnected from modern society even before the pandemic? I feel like, yeah, but a lot of it, too, is like chronic illness is very isolating, unfortunately. No, no, so. I don't mean I don't mean it like that. I'm just saying you have your own little... Well, you oh, have your, you have your sh- which disconnected from the yeah, yes yeah I can see that yes I mean <laughs> especially after I've like dyed my hair without gloves on and I've got the purple fingers yeah I can definitely my aesthetic is that of the sar- the sarcastic deadpanning straight man in a cast of wacky people at that I point mean, I'm like I'm you out have your heteronormative right <laughs> like like even like my normal non-internet friends whenever one of them makes a bad pun like half the humor i admit comes from me just reacting to it with even something like a you know like that i mean ari you've been missing out in my chat though ranma can attest to this we were making really bad puns all afternoon it was so fun oh i i Um, I, 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 hey when when we get to how when we get the geek round table i'll tell you about some conversations in another twitch stream and i wish y'all could have been there for it because oh lord uh, day a super chill day we did some stuff did some we did some things we did some stuff and yeah it was a good afternoon so that i mean awesome. that was kind of the weekend day with that's kind of what we went through and yeah i'm looking forward to thursday wonderful wonderful so my weekend day ha- is same old you know been playing outriders i found out late last night at like 4 45 in the morning i'm at the last boss of the game and i'm like wait a minute I've been playing this game for two for two weeks, and I'd say maybe I've logged during the week about a good three hours per day, except for Saturday where I did at least five. Four sixty dollar game. This game is hella short because even Borderlands one wasn't this short. I'm just like damn, but it's really fun, and I just can't wait to figure out how to beat this last boss, even if I gotta turn down difficulty to story mode and be like, that's it, done. Got my achievements, uninstall, move along. I mean, it's it's just good. Between that and catching a sale at Sentai Filmworks and I, and I dropped $75 on anime over the weekend. So you were going light this time. That was heavy, man, heavy. I would never... I think the most 
I have dropped on anime in a single setting outside of a con is at least $50. And that's because I was able to get Best Buy to price match the Sailor Moon box sets off of Amazon. Making me feel like the days of going into an anime convention and walking out with hundreds of dollars of anime swag is a, a distant memory. Man, listen, w w when we get back to it, I we're going to be like, oh, I can find it on Amazon for less, Amazon for less, Amazon JP for less. That's what's going to happen because I'm at that point where, look, if, if, if it's like seven dollars more with free shipping online that's where my money is going plus i get rewards she you know th 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 that's me you know so that that has basically has been my week and day and that's basically has been it you know i i got a new case for my switch like a i got a thinner i, I actually sent back the other case i bought and got a thin Plat white clear see-through one so now it stays on my switch in the dock so it makes it even better so so i can just take it up throw it in my bag and go and go about my way so you know that's basically has been my weekend day that and you know i realized i was out of seltzer water so i ordered like five cases off of off of Target, I had to drop 10 bucks to get it delivered to my house, because I'm like, yeah, I'm not lugging five cases of water back to my house on a Tuesday night. That's not happening. So, you know. Anywho, housekeeping notes. Let's see what do we have here. Um, don't forget, um, if you are unable to catch older episodes of Anime Jam Session on our Twitch, on our Twitch page, Episodes are being archived on YouTube. I've been archiving them for the last two, two and a half months. So swing by and check them out. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, the fan support is overwhelming. So we appreciate everybody that's been throwing bits and giving out subscriptions. You guys and gals are awesome. And we greatly appreciate that. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? I'm looking at my little note here. And... Even, we are part of the Voice of Geeks Network, but we don't have any merchandise up yet. But check out the Vogue Network shop. So, vognetwork.com slash shop. Head over there, buy some swag, and all that money helps keep the network going. So, we appreciate that. Um, I do have an idea for a shirt that I, that needs to be done. So, I think it would be a good seller. I, I think we have to call it the Cats of Vogue Network. Because almost every show on Vogue Network... Some there's a host that has a cat, so we can get animations of all the cats on a giant poster or a shirt. That would be cool. I like that idea. Yeah, the cats of Vogue. Mm. Anywho, um, next part of the show that y'all really enjoy stick around for is Geek Roundtable. Uh, this is the part of the show where we kind of talk more about our geeky weekend day and sharing off some more cool geeky stuff. So, Ari, what you got? Well, I have another board game to show off. Oh, yeah? This one, it's called Gorinto, hmm. which is a its a more abstract game where you harness the power of the five elements, or fire, wind, water, and the void, to build a Gorinto memorial shrine. I have been following this on Kickstarter for months and months. Yeah. And I'm, I was super happy that it came the other day. Maybe I'll do a, you know, it's still in a plastic seal, yeah, because I want to do a proper unboxing of yeah. it. That would be well, cool. Maybe, maybe I'll do a proper unboxing of it. I still have to play it and all. And uh, as you can... Where is the... Uh, oh, here it is. 
Let's see if you can see it. It says uh, Kickstarter version comes with all this, the goals. All the bonuses in campaign. Yep. That's really Which cool, man. include things like, uh, you know, better, higher quality uh, pieces. Like, the turn indicator for one is, like, machined or, like, 3D printed and not just, you know, two little pieces of paper stuck together. Mm. You know, things like that. I think this one also came with the uh, five and six player ex- expansion. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Like I said, I'll have to, uh, I'll, I'll have to, you know, go through it on camera at some point to uh, show it off better. All right, cool. And Mako Chow, what are you showing off? Looks like those look like cards. They are. It is part of a tarot deck that Lord. I ended up uh, getting off of Kickstarter. Um, it's art by Arisa Chabara. Uh, she's actually selling the leftover sets on her website. Um, but all of the sets are completely original art. They're all from Sailor Moon, um, but it's not just the anime and the manga. It Mm -hmm. also takes into consideration some of the characters from the musicals as well, um, Every single card has its own original piece of art for it. And uh, like that's what I look for when I look for my tarot, uh, tarot decks is I like that the um, that each card has some sort of animation on it instead of just um, having, you know, just a set cup or a set pentacle. Um, but uh, this one, I ended up getting it in rose gold just because I thought it went better with uh, some of the color uh, designs that she had. And these are just a couple of the cards that I happened to pull out. Uh, Strength for uh, Makoto, Death, obviously, for Hatoru, and um, Queen of Pentacles as uh, one of the best villainesses in the series. Um, But basically, um, all of the major cards are the hero cards, and all of the minor cards Mm -hmm. have the villains on them. Okay. So it's a very pretty deck. Uh, You can see more of the arts on her website, and I have that here. Uh, That is uh, Arisa Chabara Studio Catamalia dot shop but she's also on patreon she's also on instagram you can find her on facebook she does pins she does little things like this she does her own um art prints and everything so there are a couple of things on there but i have been wanting a full sailor moon deck And the official ones are always just the major arcana. They don't have something that's a full set. So when I saw this, um, I liked most of the art. Some of the art is, you know, it's not up to what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. But just given that it's a full deck, I really, really liked it. So I had to have it. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. Ichigo, what you got there for us? I have nothing. That's okay. We Aww. still love you. Uh, like you I have said, your like... beautiful face. <laughs> yes, it's artifact. NFT. NFT of my face. Let's get it. Non-fungible token. Don't fung <laughs> it. Don't token it. Okay. Well, but anyway, yeah. Make I don't some money really off that. Have anything. <laughs> but if you want to see my Stardew Farms, 
that's my nerdy thing. I've put in uh, over 90 hours into it, and uh, apparently it is quite surprising. So uh, that's my, I guess that's my nerdy nummies for the day, See, is that I have put I, 90 I, I, I shouldn't <laughs> say anything about the fact that you've, you've logged 90 hours into Stardew Valley, because there have been times I have turned on my Switch and seen people online playing Animal Crossing, and I've seen people log <laughs> as much as... 400 to 600 hours into Animal Crossing. And I'm just yeah. staring just like... Yeah, so uh, 90 hours, rookie numbers. Yeah! I know, I'm like... Yeah. Um, well, like, also, too, when you start this game, okay, I guess because it's our geeky thing, so we can kind of talk about our fandoms, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so, like, Stardew Valley, not expecting it to be as emotionally draining as it is, because I have never gotten oh. emotionally attached <laughs> to a game before in my life. So... When it comes to this particular one, like, I thought, like, when I finish the community center, totally gonna be just chill, whatever, move on with our lives. Like, it's a farming sim. Oh, let's <laughs> get over it, sister. And then it's not. <laughs> mm. There's, like, an island, and there's some other stuff, and I don't want to get spoilery for anybody, but, like, it is literally an open world and it is redunculous and i am loving every minute of it i got a horse called gilbert i got a it's an amazing horse i take it bunny and stuff man it's cute as all hell so it is definitely a game for me and i love it to death cool okay so i've already mentioned i've been playing outriders so and we see in our chat room here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session, uh, Gnar Brick One says, "I guess I'm guilty. I played 1,200 hours of Animal Crossing. Give that person a medal, please. Give that person a medal at, and a standing ovation, because that's that's dedication right there. I I mean I I don't I don't think I can ever log that much out. I'm just that's just wonderful. I mean wow. But um to get back on." sort of get back on track here uh, i don't really have anything i did pick up a new video game today and i'll probably show that off next week um but i do have something here that might make a few people here a little bit jealous we, but we'll, we will see mm, i have thin mitts i can Delicious. pass the thin mint no you cannot has these are mine it's okay I have two boxes in my I freezer. Used, I used to work for the Girl Scout Mafia. I mean, the sweet <laughs> scouts that sold them door to door and did not at all deal in snacks. No. Can, can, can you just imagine, you know, you know, a bunch of Girl Scouts just, just get out of these cars like they're Mafia, you know. They're all dressed finely and they have the sashes on. It's like, well, you know what time to hear it is, you know. One of them has a cigar shoved in the side of her mouth. Well, the girls and they're like fucking the cookie Yakuza. Like or the, or at the same the... time, all the girls looking and go, Surprise, motherfuckers! Exactly. <laughs> and as, um... Uh, as, um... See, the beer says he's a little jealous, but, um... I was going to give you a link, but unfortunately, I guess... Girl Counts Cookie Season's officially over, because I tried to pull up the link, but it's closed. Yeah. What you can do ah. is uh, find out where your local councils are. Uh, they usually have all of the extras there because the girls are able to sell in the booths. 
uh, past the cookie season. So they will purposely buy extras just for that. Uh, so if you go, if you look up your Girl Scout councils, you would be able to give them a call, ask them if they have any extras, or ask them directly if they know of um, any of the troops in the area doing booth sales, because those troops do have to check in with the councils when they do that. And they will be able to let you know if they have cookies. I Sounds think good. you uh, have let some of our chatters uh, be enabled to do the wrong thing, to have some <laughs> regerts, but also not regert anything. I'm um, sorry. I, I Not only <laughs> did I grow up as a Girl Scout, um, but I worked for the local council that I was part of. Um, I actually worked in their store and the store manager actually dealt with all of the money income. So she dealt with all of the cookies and the nut sales and everything. So I know what she did. And so I do know that some of the other councils will bring in extras just to have on hand for when something like that happens. Um, they don't stay around very very long um mm -hmm. but they do tend to have the extras just in case yes and as gina says uh they had thin mint uh coffee at dunkin donuts last year yes i remember that and i think they had it for like a couple of years i didn't even notice they didn't do it this year because i don't buy dunkin donuts coffee anymore because i don't leave my house you know if i'm going somewhere i'll purposely go up avenue x and get a coffee and a donut and hop on the train and just ride where i gotta go but you know but yeah. I don't remember. I don't think they did the Girl Scout flavors this year. Yeah, I don't think so. No. And one more thing on Geek Roundtable before we move along. Um, to, to, to also feed onto what Ichigo had mentioned, I started watching The Way of the House Husband last night. Oh my god! <laughs> I have not seen any of it you have got to watch this the best way i can describe this anime is take the game yakuza mm -hmm. add michael keaton's mr mom and oh you give the main character the flair of john wick wow that's oh the best way i can describe this anime and then i watch because each episode well, I don't want to spoil it, but I stopped after about two episodes in, I stopped and I started watching the live action and it is just as cracked out as the anime. And I think they share the same background music. So I think because it sounded so I'm like, is this from the anime? And I will say I watched a subtitled episode and a dubbed episode. It's the dub is like. Chef's kiss. It, it's 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 on it's on par. It's like wow. So I'm, one I to, thing I have to finish watching that, but yeah. Going back to the Duncan, mm -hmm. they did not have Duncan flavors in store. This year, they put the um, the Girl Scout cookie flavors mm -hmm. in their bottles and uh, sold them in retail stores. I think I saw that. So the iced bottles of Dunkin' that you can find in the refrigerator section, they have the Thin Mint, the Caramel, and the um, uh, S'more. Mm. 
those didn't come out until the end of March. So those are probably still in stores. Sounds good. All right. Now let's get on to our main stories for tonight. Ari, please explain the Master Roshi and Oro connection. I'm curious to hear about this. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, for those of you not to know, uh, the latest patch the latest batch of a DLC dropped for Street Fighter V. And one of the characters in it is uh, Oro, a ki- character introduced in the Street Fighter III series, who is uh, a century-plus-old a century man who's like master martial artist who uh, lives in a cave. I hear Damien. Yes, we, yes, we do. So, what? Uh, it was redeemed to pet him. Fair. <laughs> Money well spent. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oro has long stood out among the cast of Street Fighter's wide range of fighters for his age and unique abilities. So there's at least one character from a different popular series that seems to share quite a bit in common with, especially now. The spring update event for Street Fighter V showcased Oro's new design and gameplay, which further cemented his connection to Dragon Ball's Master Roshi. And if uh, you see the image in the top of the page, you can see Master Roshi and Oro with kind of like a uh, loud, you know, Islander shirt with similar-looking yes. glasses hanging off of it. Mm-hmm. I'll post a picture now in the chat on the stream here. Okay. Uh, both of these aged martial artists are apparently the oldest human slash mortal combatants in their respective realms, since uh, Roshi was well over three hundred years old and Oro's in the one thirties. Uh, they're hermits that shut themselves off from most of the outside world, but their choice of habitats are much different. Oro's somewhere in the Amazon and Roshi's on a small island in the ocean. But now the, this version of Oro in five has a pet turtle and Roshi has long been known as the turtle hermit considering he's often seen with a giant turtle shell on his back. And that one of his best friends is a talking sea turtle. And in Street Fighter V, Capcom's made Oro's pet turtle an actual part of his gameplay design with a golden skin master constantly balancing it in his hands while performing all of his moves. Now, he's been depicted with a turtle since his uh, stages in Street Fighter III, but he's also been shown to have dogs, cats, birds, all sorts of things. But uh, also something else to unnote. Uh, oh, God damn it, I just lost my train of thought. You, you, got, you got this. Let's see. Uh, in, in many Asian cultures, tortoises are often, sh- often shown as a symbol of longevity for their expanded lifespans, so the tie-in may just boil down the ship simply showing off that they're old. And in Journey to the West, you know, the classical Chinese story which early Dragon Balls took inspiration from, also didn't seem to provide any further insight on the matter. So, uh, let's see. Yep, he's got his, like, loud collared shirt you know like looks like a tourist mm-hmm. roshi often has his, like hawaiian shirts with the red sunglasses and all that but yeah it's a nice little shout out like between the two that goes that goes well be that's it, much better done than just say modding a character to look like a different look like somebody else or just you know like capcom likes to do just put skins of other mm-hmm. Capcom fighting game IPs or others on their characters. Like, like one of the costume packs, you know, has a bunch of Mega Man uh, skins for everybody. Yeah, and I'm looking at the like the comments here, and it seems that it's the same voice actor for uh, Master Roshi and Oro in the Japanese version of Street uh, for Street Fighter Five. So that's kind of cool. 
Yeah, I see that too. Also, if you don't know about Oro, he like in universe, he's one of the strongest fighters, you know, and this includes, you know, final boss dudes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And he frequently fights with one arm bound because he feels it would give his opponents, you know, a little bit more it'll just it evens things out a little bit more. He's just so broken and overpowered that just fighting with both hands is just unfair. Gotcha. Okay. So in his mind, he's giving him a sporting chance. Hmm. All right. So in some of his uh, super combos, he does bust out both arms to uh, do something, and it's a much more powerful version of that same super combo. Gotcha. All right. Uh, moving right along, we actually have a follow-up to the Funimation lawsuit that we discussed a few episodes back. Um, Ichigo, can you tell us what's going on with that? Yeah, Ronma, let me post this article in the chat real quick, because I want to make sure people uh, who've been following us along with this class action lawsuit against Funimation for disabilities. Um, so Funimation reaches a settlement in class action mm -hmm. lawsuit over allegedly violating the Americas with the Disabilities Act or the ADA. A legally blind person claimed Funimation's web shop website is inaccessible. Documents for the class action lawsuit, the Janice Angelis, a legally blind person, filed against Funimation Global Group LLC in January, revealed that the lawsuit was settled out of court. The documents provided no other details of the settlement, and the corresponding notice of settlement was filed on March 12th. Funimation declined to comment with ANN on the lawsuit settlement, um, and Angelis filed the class action lawsuit against Funimation in the District Court of the Southern District of New York in January 13th on behalf of herself and all others similar, similarly situated, alleging that Funimation's website violated the ADA. The lawsuit claimed that Funimation had failed to design, construct, maintain, and operate its website to be fully accessible and independently usable by Angelus or other blind or visually impaired people, which it claimed was a violation of her rights under the ADA. The website referred in the lawsuit is specifically shop.funimation.com website. Um, the lawsuit stated that she was visually impaired and legally blind person who could not use the computer without the assistance um, pardon me, of screen reading software and was proficient at using the non-visual desktop access screen reading software. Um, she reportedly visited the shop site on multiple occasions to make a purchase and was denied a shopping experience similar to that of a sighted individual due to the website's lack of a variety of features and accommodations, which effectively barred her from being able to determine what specific products were offered for sale. Um, so... Specifically, it went into the details that it lacked alternative text so that the yeah. people who use the reading uh, supplies basically use these screen readers or non-visual desktop access readers to read any font that is on the website. So inherently, she couldn't use her tool that was made to help her yep. look at these websites at all for Funimation's website because they lacked a label or title attribute for each field. Um, they also stated pages on the site contain the same title elements or contain broken links and that they had engaged, Funimation had engaged in acts of intentional discrimination. It asked for a permanent injunction that uh, required Funimation to basically look for someone who knows about ADA guidelines and web content accessibility guidelines. And according to more information on it, while ADA doesn't explicitly mention the internet, the Department of Justice has taken a position Title III that it covers access to those accommodations, especially if they're public. Um, and so the law basically went with the fact that Funimation mm -hmm. wasn't in accordance with right. this. And 
as far as everything, it was settled out of court. So for those who were wondering, that's what's going on. Um, and I know this was a defendant in a lot of other cases, yes. similarly dealing with other websites and or companies that dealt with access and um, disability access for those who need to use screen readers and other things like that. So I think it's a positive move in the right direction. It kind of sucks that a big company, an international company like Funimation is dealing in a way where they they have not been making themselves much more accessible, but that is kind of commonplace, unfortunately. And all we can kind of see is hope that something like this helps to move it towards a positive resolution for all parties. So mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see if they learn. Yeah, it see. makes me wonder what other big, I guess, names like that have issues with this. Um, just because... I mean, I always think of Funimation as this small little rinky-dink thing, you know, but they're a we lot always... than we think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we always talk about, one, they the were inside. bought out... Yeah, I mean, one, they were bought out by Sony, <laughs> but two, you know, they they have... It's not just a U.S. thing anymore. Um, they have stock in Europe. They have stock in Japan. They have stock all over the world now. So... You know, I can understand when they were just this small little rinky-dink, okay, we're going to, you know, we have to, we want this anime, so we have to buy, you know, five others and produce them too, where now they're, you know, they can get the brand names that they want and only the ones that they want. I mean, and it really hasn't been that long. When you, when you look at... When you when you actually look at how long it's been since they started to now, and even just when they got big enough to be able to buy out companies in other countries, I mean, you're not talking about a very old company at this mm -hmm. point. But the fact that they have grown so quickly and not made these adjustments, I, you know, it, it makes me wonder what other companies are coming up now. Um, and I know, I know Crunchyroll is one of them. Crunchyroll started out as this fan kind of messy secret that yep. now, you know, when we talk about it now, it's, you know, it's this big company and they're getting these rights for all of these uh, different things and they have their own shop and they have their own, you know, news sites and all of that. So have they been keeping up with things as well? So I know we touched on this a lot, so I don't want us to get off too much track with it. But um, I know I, I touched a lot on it. Is that It's a matter of the fact that ADA is not, while ADA is a policy and is something, it is an afterthought. Um, the yeah. disabilities and the needs of others are usually put behind the normative average. Yes. So they just kind of go with whatever the normative average is, which is basically like slap up a square space and let's go, you know, or they'll mm. have a team that works on it, but it's not a focus 99% of the time. There are those rare occasions where a website is put up and it's made with people who use screen readers in mind, people who use image readers or stuff like that, where it is very specific but a lot of it is that people just don't know and what they don't know does end up hurting them in the end. And uh, with all these companies getting these strikes against them, I mean, it's not going to get any 
easier, you know, and it's a little harder now because like, what exactly, what exactly all do you need? And it can be overwhelming, especially if you're a small company just starting out trying to adhere to all this stuff. But when you're starting in a big company in an international space, and like you said, within the last 10 years, like that is how quickly this has been moving. I would say um, it's the, closer to, with Funimation, closer to 20. They got the money yeah. because they were able to price point their titles the best they could. And the fact that they were bought by Navare, and Navare is a distributor. Because when I worked at Staples, a lot of the software... And products we would get, it was coming from Navare. So with that, they were able to undercut their competition and get the lower prices, which was able to build their war chest. Now, as for the ADA aspect, I don't believe Funimation was malicious. I don't think so. It was just them being forgetful. It's they not didn't forgetful, think... it's complacent. It's complacency. It's literally just that it's their website. Their website has been working for so long mm -hmm. for so many people. Why would we need to change it? That, you know, and it that's, might have been that, that's that's what I that that's in what the I was, back yeah. end that they are working on, or it's a project, or it's a team project. But at the same time, like it's literally not in the forefront. It is not something they spend a lot of money on in the beginning. So this is them picking up after the fact. And if they don't learn from this, then it's going to continue to happen. But um, there, we could talk in length mm -hmm. about this again, but I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much time. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking right. here. It's, it's been a little bit less than four years since Sony ended up buying a substantial s stock in Funimation. Now, 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 can I, I want to interrupt real quick. Hmm. Um, the fact, I think we're, we're the aspect of Funimation trying to get this together because now that Sony owns 95% of Funimation, anything HR-related falls under Sony. So the fact that it's not ADA-compliant, you know Sony was dealing with that, and they're like, we'll get to it when we get to it. So, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but that's I mean, what a lot of websites are going to have to deal with yeah. in the next few years. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at this. I mean, they they've... Got the whole thing for, you know, Sony wanting to purchase Crunchyroll and all of that. Mm -hmm. With everything coming up, the fact that they haven't even touched their apps yet. And yeah, that's they, something that everybody would benefit from. Because we, they, they haven't were, touched yeah. that. They haven't gone into, you know, really fix anything like that up. And they have changed around so much of how they've done things um, on the back end that I'm not surprised that this particular thing, which should have been one of the, you know, one of the first things that they thought of and went, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, are we compliant with everything that's out there? I'm not surprised that that took a backseat to everything else. Just the fact that, you know, even things that, that should have been thought of like the app and the easier uh, maneuverability on their websites and things like that for everybody. Well, well, here's the thing, well, here's the thing about the app. Now we already know Funimation has revealed a brand new app for switch and it's supposed to be coming down for Xbox and PlayStation. Now switch 
is running on a different type of hardware. So I'm not a coder. I'm not I'm not a code monkey. I'm going to assume they are practically rebuilding the code, you know, for it to play on, you know, for other consoles before it moves further out. Theoretically, they could take the Switch app and port it to Android because ARM mm-hmm. is basically what powers a lot of Android phones. But the code ARM hard ARM processors are not the same as x86, so they may be using that. So that could be an issue why we haven't seen it yet. I do know that they did update the cover page of the of of the, of the app, and I can tell you this: Sunday, I decided to watch the latest episode of My Hero Academia. I queued up episode ninety one. It started playing episode ninety. I had to leave out, go back to the main page. Pull up My Hero Academia, select episode 91 for it to play. There is an episode of Sales at Work Code Black where the subtitles were in Spanish. I'm just like, no. And I left, kept restarting the episode, kept coming up in Spanish. So I said, fuck it, and move to the next episode. I guess now that Funimation's become like the top dog, they're like, we, we'll get to it when we get to it type shit. Complacency. Yeah. Yeah, now they have no choice. Yeah. Like, like I said, you know. So in that aspect of of I'm saying that Funimation's being, we're being ignorant, Ichigo saying they were being complacent, it's basically the same. It's basically the same. Yeah. It's just, you know, two different views, same point. This is what's going on. And I know there's been people saying that this person is doing this strictly for the money. I don't care. If she's doing this as and and, and other companies take note and they're gonna get off their ass to do what to do the right thing, then so be it. As the saying goes, don't hate the player, hate the game. She's using the game to her advantage to get shit done. And if she gets a few extra dollars to do whatever she wants to do in her personal life, beautiful. You know, it's all good. And speaking of additional lawsuits, I think the entire, I, I think the older anime crowd just jumped for joy and rejoiced at the next article about Macross is finally free. Yeah. The so I know. Been defeated. Yeah, yep. I know we've actually touched on this a mm-hmm. little bit because. Um, for years, it's been an issue because the licensor, or I should say the the owner of the, I guess, patent for Macross, mm-hmm. did his own thing and sold the rights. And truthfully, that's how the United States and other places ended up with Robotech. Now, only the U.S. is Robotech. Everywhere else, it's Macross. Robotech, however, became popular enough that it crossed. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, it's just it's a a huge clusterfuck, or at least it was. Um, Basically, there were a couple of different companies that decided that because of distribution versus licensing versus the actual owner of the person that created it, um, there were a couple of actual different companies that had quote unquote rights mm-hmm. for Macross. 
And because of that, um, actual Macross Macross could not have any of its content released internationally. So for the, fa- for the past 26 years, if you wanted to see Macross, you had no choice but to import it or, you know, get the fan subs. But there was yeah. agreements where some of the Macross, like Macross Plus the movie was released and a couple other things, but that's just about it, you know? Yeah, the movies mm. were done because the movies were part of, like, they weren't part of the main license. They were part of something else. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's how screwed up this has been. Um, but basically, uh, so... Um, what's been going on is there has been a decades-long legal fight over who actually controls the rights to the franchise mm-hmm. and in which territories. So that dispute is actually what is finally being settled. Um, the extent, though, is that the immediate international distribution of Macross is now allowed. And that is per statement by the Japanese rights holders, which is Big West. Mm -hmm. Um, So this expansive agreement signed by Big West and Harmony Gold on March 1st ends two decades of disagreements and will allow Big West and Harmony Gold to chart a new path that will unlock the great potential of both the Macross and Robotech franchises worldwide. The landmark agreement immediately permits worldwide distribution of most of the Macross films and television sequels worldwide. It also confirms that Big West will not oppose the Japanese release of an anticipated upcoming live-action Robotech film. The agreement also recognizes Harmony Gold's long-standing exclusive license with Tatsunoko for the use of the 41 Macross chapters uh, sorry, characters and mecha in the Robotech universe and television series related merchandise throughout the world, excluding Japan. Moving forward, both parties will cooperate on distribution regarding future Macross and Robotech projects for the benefit of both franchises. So for those of you that are wondering what that means, when Macross was licensed it, here... Um, basically Harmony Gold slapped together Macross with two other unrelated anime series. And that's what created Robotech. What about they the heavily edited and stitched together previously unconnected narratives. Harmony Gold purchased the international Macross distribution rights from Japan's Tatsunoko Productions, but later legal cases in Japan determined that Tatsunoko only had authority to sell the international rights to the original 1982 Macross TV series and had no claim to its Japanese domestic rights or the international rights to later installments in their Macross franchise, which were ruled to be property of Japan's Studio New and Big West. So, basically, you had a situation where all of Macross clearly belonged to Studio New Big West in Japan, and at the same time, the original Macross in altered form belonged elsewhere to Harmony Gold. So, that's basically what this huge fight ended up being about, is because 41 episodes were used Mm -hmm. to help create 
Robotech. And while it's not, you know, it, it didn't cross to Japan, it was created in the U.S. and crossed to other countries. And it did actually become popular enough that they're making a live action film from Robotech, not from the main Macross series. It's like we've gone it's from Super Sentai. It's like we've gone from Super Power Sentai Rangers. to Power Rangers. Power Rangers is a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah but, I uh, mean, it, they it's. They didn't adapt, uh, like, they didn't dub Power, like, Robotech back in the Japanese, did they? No. Like, they no. Power Rangers? <laughs> no. No, but basically, if you want to look at it this way and take the Power Rangers, basically, when Power Rangers came to the U.S., or no, better yet, better yet. Look at Sailor Moon. Oh shit! And do what Sab- and what Saban wanted to do with Sailor Moon? I still want I that. Damn it! Have to? Damn it! That, I still want that. I I I would like to sit down and watch it just for the cringe, but I mean that's basically what they did. Is they took the story, they took the characters. And did their own freaking thing with it. Um, so say, say Saban did take Sailor Moon and brought it here and created a live action, and then crossed it over with their version of Power Rangers. That's what Robotech is. So it's three different series crammed together using all of the characters, all of the interaction. You know, just basically creating their own freaking story. And it actually became popular. Popular enough that, you know, fans wanted more. Popular enough that it was able to be welcomed into other countries. Obviously, Japan's going to go, you know, screw you, bitch. Um, (laughs) But popular enough that they are continuing to want to do things for Robotech and not for Macross. So it's just the fact that they are actually finally in agreement and that things can go forward. um, It does mean that there's a really, really, really good chance that Macross as Macross will finally come to the U S and that every, cause Macross was big in Japan. So there's a lot of crap from Macross that we Mm -hmm. never got, whether or not that gives them the ability to use it in Robotech I completely doubt that but now the owners of Macross can't fight the owners of Robotech because Robotech basically has become its own thing Um, because what Macross stuff was used while not technically a parody I guess they realized that it was far enough away from the source material that it could be its own separate thing so we'll see what's going on. We'll see what's coming. And hopefully uh, hopefully we actually get Macross as Macross and not some, you know, Hodge weird. Hodge. Yeah, not some weird conglom- conglomeration of stuff. Ah, uh, Robotech. Anime's second biggest dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> God. Nobody wants to guess what the first one is? Enlighten me. The subs versus dubs argument. 
We're at a point where you can enjoy both. We're at a point that I think it's not just enjoy both, but that they're making such different changes to both that you can legit enjoy both Mm -hmm. and get a different energy when you watch both. And according to C. De Beer, he says, unless you're watching on Blu-ray, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, all of my Blu-ray anime has both has both audio tracks. Uh, can we move on? I don't. Yeah. I didn't mean to open up that can of worms. It's all good because we're going to open up another can of worms. Okay. That's all this is is a can of worms. Mm-hmm. So it seems that Florida cops thought Star Wars weapons. We're real. Star Trek. I mean, weapons. Star Trek. Why do I have Star Wars? Am I re- was I really that tired when, when I put everything together? Jesus. You know what? It I'm, happens to the best of us. But it happens to me more, no, much more, more, more than it should. So, actually, what I'm going to do, I am going to quickly change that. And save. There we go. Now that that's fixed, so basically what happened is two brothers are suing the Fort Lauderdale Police Department for allegedly violating their civil rights and detaining them with violent force after believing that Star Trek memorabilia were actual weapons. And if anybody thinks that Star Trek weapons are real, you, you, you need to be slapped upside your head. So the okay, lawsuit... fighting with a bath lift. Yep. It's super awkward. Mm. So the the lawsuit was filed um I'd say if, uh, on Monday, yeah l- basically last week uh, it was it was filed and they look they're suing for about seventy five thousand dollars in damages in connection to when this happened back in twenty seventeen that, that involved um the police officer who violently detained um one of the brothers uh Raymond Purcell. Basically, man. All right. So basically, as as this, as this goes, the officer, uh, his name is uh, Alexander Paul, and his partner, uh, Officer Stephen Pohorentz, they were charged with first degree misdemeanor battery last year involving protesters in wake of George Floyd's death. And the Fort Lauderdale Police Department responded to Raymond's emergency call about relative keying his and his wife's cars. But Raymond was told by officers that there'd be no arrests or police reports filed since damages to the car was under a thousand, were looked to be under a grand and the relative wasn't around. Angry with the response, um, Raymond pounded the hood of his car with his fist and tossed the flashlight he was using to show the vandalism on his vehicle in a direction opposite of where the officers once stood. The long long and short is these two uh, jackwads abused their power thinking that Star Trek memorabilia were actual weapons and detained two people that were not were, that did not need to be detained, and then when this was all figured out, I was like, "This wasn't what it's supposed to be." They get sued. That's basically what it is. So, in my opinion, I I hope 
honestly, I, I want this to be settled out of court. Because we got, we got enough shit going on TV right now as it is, so, you know. But Shitbag cops being shitbag cops. Yeah, but, but the thing is, how do you suspect that the memorabilia is real? It's absolutely... Well, they lie about that on the police reports so they can justify, you know, their actions. Yeah, the, but I'm just saying through. by just looking at it, it's like, how is this real? I mean, there's nothing, there's, there's it's no... It's a single sheet, sheet of stamped metal. It's like this thing barely holds an edge. Couldn't cut hmm. butter. Well... You can definitely tell that these cops are Star Wars fans and not Star Trek fans. But um, bump, but um, bump, bump. Good I night, y'all. Bit of levity, Mako Chan. What? I would be able to look at that and go, okay, that's some really cool memorabilia. That's you know a really cool replica. Either, either franchise, just to let you know. Um, but there are some that are one or the other, and obviously if the cops could not look at these and go, oh, okay, that's from Star Trek, you know they're Star Wars fans. Because <laughs> you're one or the other. I mean, I like both, but I'm also weird, so... <laughs> I like both just because I'm so into I. sci-fi, and there's enough in both that it's you know, exciting and different and there's enough nerdery for everybody. Yep. All the nerdery. And to paraphrase Cedar Berry, damn it, Jim, they're cops, not weapon specialists. That's debatable. <laughs> All right. Uh moving right along, you know, since we were discussing earlier about li about live action adaptations of anime, so Here's here's another reason why people will be pissed off at Netflix. Please understand, Netflix has nothing to do with this, except for distributing it. They're not telling them how to do the film. So, that, that that's all I gotta say. So, yeah. Netflix is producing a live-action Gundam film with Legendary Pictures. Netflix Colony dropped a bombshell of an announcement today with the confirmation that the streaming media giant is working with Legendary Entertainment, producers of Gun Godzilla vs. Kong and Pacific Rim, to produce a live-action film based on the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise. Legendary and Sunrise previously announced they were working on a live-action Gundam adaptation in 2018, but didn't elaborate on further details at the time. Currently, the designs are limited production staff involved with noted Gundam fan and director Jordan Vaught Roberts attached, along with Brian K. Vaughn writing the screenplay, while also an executive producer of the film. Uh, Kale Boyder will oversee the project on behalf of Legendary and Sunrise, along with Jason Young, director of Netflix original films, will also oversee the project. Netflix plans to release the film globally outside of China, while Legendary is predicting planning a theatrical lease for the Chinese market. Sunrise previously produced a live-action Mobile Suit Gundam adaptation in 1999, dubbed G-Savior. The project, under the working title of Gundam, would be the third attempt by Sunrise to develop a live-action adaptation of the storied franchise. With the first attempt at a Gundam Hollywood live-action made in the 80s, went ultimately nowhere. 
Whoa, I did not know about the. Neither about did the I. Guess it was that bad, huh? Put it up the right there with the Star Wars holiday fit special. I gotta assume that it's they're gonna do all this up based on the uh, OG series. That would make the most amount of sense. I mean, what other ones like super popular that everyone knows, even outside of a casual anime fans? Wing. Casuals know Wing. Wing. I would say casuals definitely know Wing. Uh, Seed, because those were on um, Cartoon Network, you know. And G Gundam, maybe. Maybe. Who the hell's gonna? They'll never find someone to master here. You, he's dull surprise. Yep. As Bob Coffee says, casuals know Wing, Seed, and G. Yep. I I would like them to come up with a new Gundam story for live action. I mean, that's just me. But as much as I like Wing and G and. You know, e- even some of the weirder, out of place, totally '80s versions. Yeah, I would like to see an original story that isn't. I I guess that uses the Gundam universe without falling into the trap of oh hey you know we've already done this already. Well, where's Char, where's Hero, etc. You see, now, another one, um, what was I going to say? Uh, right. Now, I'm, I'm all about, I don't mind a new original Gundam project, live action. I'm cool with it. But here's the thing. Most people don't even know what the hell Gundam is, so they need to set up a movie that explains the premise and kind of maybe spoon feed them you know shit that we already know and once they are spoon fed the second film can be about a, uh, anything you know status quo a mythos you know like like the uh like the marvel cinematic universe did because yeah. i mean the one they said about the mcu the mcu was not meant for fans of marvel it was meant for everybody else that weren't fans to get them into it it's sort of like how you watch remember back in the day when we would watch dubbed anime and it was really bad and we tracked down the subtitles and you're like, Oh, it's kind of like that. That's because the, uh, dubbing at the time was shit. It wasn't that it was shit. There were some things you just couldn't get away with on TV. And even if you could, they weren't trying to risk it. Okay, and man, tonight is all about mechs tonight. I just realized that looking at the um the stories. Our fans think giant robots. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, they do. Nice. I think everybody enjoys giant robots, though. As long as you're not in Hoboken. No, I enjoy those giant robots, too. We just legally can't get those giant robots anymore. As, yeah. Uh, what a shame. Yeah. Because technically the government owns those giant robots. A government-owned giant robots. That's that's not a thought that's going to keep me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> I hear posts on Facebook be like, just so you know, the government owns giant robots. If you don't believe me, Google the series. <laughs> I really should post that. 
Uh, anywho, um, I believe uh, Hideaki Anno is probably happy now because of the final Ava film that he dragged out, and I've heard nothing but good things about it from people who have seen it, so... Ichigo, take it away. Yeah, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 becomes highest grossing film in franchise worldwide. Ano is aiming for 10 billion yen in the domestic box office. And Toei revealed today on the 12th, yesterday, <laughs> revealed that uh, the final Evangelion anime has topped 7.42 billion yen at the domestic Japanese box office, making it, uh, thrice upon a time, the highest grossing film in the franchise worldwide. At a stage event for the film on the weekend, director Hideaki Anno claiming, exclaiming, it's great to be able to aim for 10 billion yen at, at the Japanese box office in the niche field of robot anime. Niche <laughs> field, uh-huh. <laughs> hey, of the 35th day since Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 released on March 8th, the box total for the film is 7... Uh, oh, sorry, 7,426,243,700 yen. Or in the U.S., $67,783,670, which is nothing to sneeze at. That's a lot of In the of back moolah. of 4,848,041 tickets sold, this milestone means that the final Evangelion film has surpassed the worldwide box office gross of Evangelion 3.0, which stood at 67,282,623. Um <sighs> I know it also discussed the possibility of it surpassing Shin Godzilla's Japanese box office at 8.25 billion yen or 79 million US dollars, which is Ano's highest grossing box office film ever, saying it if, if it exceeds Shin Godzilla, it will be a record for me. And if it exceeds 10 billion yen, it will be good for revitalizing the animation industry. Mm -hmm. Now, if you could only pay your animators living wages. Um, <laughs> Shots fired. Opening in Japan after being delayed twice due to the coronavirus pandemic on March 8th, breaking the franchise records on the first day and eventually becoming the highest grossing film in the franchise in Japan in less than a month. Then the highest grossing worldwide in 35 days. It is the longest film in the franchise, not including compilations or special screenings, and there's no word yet of an international release of the film. So, for those of you who are Evangelion fanonauts, uh, you're going to have to search for this one, unless they announce that they're going to go international with it. Another below-the-belt shot for Michigo. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Are no, you not surprised, though? Not I'm, I'm just saying, you know. You want to celebrate, it doesn't mean that the two things can't exist at once. Bad can exist with good. It just means that if you're making money, you might as well use it to pay your people. You know, so they can live and eat and animate your shit. I mean, you're right, you're right, you know. And, and this is all I gotta say about that. Congratulations. Looking right into the freaking light in the camera. Oh, that was a bad idea. Whoops. Yeah, I don't know what the A of the 35th day. They they drunk. Go home article ready. You drunk. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Now we're at the part of the show that y'all really enjoy probably more than anything else. Meanwhile, in Japan. I want the second one. Because fried chicken. God we'll damn it! I, was... <laughs> I know. I wanted, I knew you I bastard! We gonna fight. I was I was going to claim it. I was gonna I was gonna pull pow. I was gonna pull 
power since I have to head host and be like, I'm going to take this one. But I'm like, you know I what? You can. Do you really, really want it, Ranma? No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. I'll, I'll take... take the last one, I guess. Say what? I'll take the last one, I guess. I'll take the third one. Alrighty. I got the one I wanted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God damn it! How does that happen every time? <laughs> I swear, it's like Michael Chan does this shit on purpose. Considering I'm the one that puts all of this crap up there. Yeah, and so I post it, I don't mind talking about it. Yeah, but you but... just said you got the one that you want. It's like every time you always get the one that you want. It's like, damn it. <laughs> or maybe she just says that to troll us. Well, no, this one, this one I actually wanted because I was usually the one that ended up talking about uh, Kyo. Any, anyway, mm -hmm. um, so I did want to talk about this. It is kind of a continuation of um, that whole thing, but unfortunately, it is a copycat. Um, so on uh, the 24th of March, a man was arrested on suspicion of setting fire to a building in the city of Tokushima, where a Japanese idol group concert was taking place. Uh, investigators revealed that the man told them he was aiming to imitate the deadly Kyoto animation arson attack that occurred in 2019. The suspect, unemployed, 38-year-old... Really? Uh, That's a surprise. Yeah. Um, ...was accused of trespassing on the site of the Acti Annex building on the 14th of March, shortly after a local idol group had started performing at a bar on the top floor of the four-story building. According to police, the fire broke out just after the performance had started at 1 p.m., threatening the lives of approximately 70 people who were on the premises, including customers and five members of the idol group, who were all able to evacuate safely outside. The manager of the bar, who was in his 50s, was able to extinguish the fire, suffering burns to his neck in the process. At the scene of the incident, police found a knife and a blue-colored metal fuel canister with remnants of gasoline. The gasoline appeared to have been deliberately spilled in the hall outside the elevator on the third floor, leading investigators to believe it was an arson attack. <clears throat> uh, footage from surveillance cameras and a dashboard camera from a nearby taxi led investigators to the person they arrested on suspicion of arson of an inhabited building. Uh, during questioning, he admitted to the charges, saying he lit the fire in the elevator hall on the third story of the building, burning the floor and walls. He said he was imitating the Kyoto animation incident, <sighs> buying gasoline before arriving at the scene in the same way the arsonist had before the blaze in Kyoto. According to investigators, uh, Okada, who is the gentleman who decided to, you know, burn everything uh, purchased approximately 14 liters which is 3.7 gallons of gasoline from a self-service gas station within the prefecture a few hours before the incident while it's unclear uh, whether okada was asked to provide his id and a reason for purchasing the gasoline by staff at the gas station uh, this new incident shows that the government may need to tighten the laws that were actually enacted because of the uh, uh, arson of Kyoane, where they were supposed to show ID and provide a reason for gasoline going into containers such as this. Uh, while the 
uh, motivation for the animation company arson was anger uh, for a scene believed to be stolen. Investigators are yet to understand the motivation behind the arson attack on the idols. And unfortunately, copycats are very prevalent mm-hmm. in this type of thing. And the fact that they are, that he is basically saying, you know, I'm, I'm copying this guy. I'm copying what he did. Um, it just shows that there are a lot of people out there that need to control their anger issues. Yep. They need all the help they can get. There, there are better ways. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'll say there are better ways to, de- to deal with that. It, there really I was going to say, I don't think it's anger issues. I think it's that glamorization of that whole thing where, like, I'll watch crime and I'll watch crime dramas and stuff like that and documentaries, but I don't, like, glamorize or romanticize the serial killers or the killers mm-hmm. within. Like, that's just not what I personally do. So when it comes to situations like this where it seems like this particular person, I don't even want to mention their name because they're not even worth the time, right? is basically glamorizing it because they want to emulate their idol, right? And it just so happens that in juxtaposition it's at an idol event, which yeah. is really gross. Yeah. It's, if not so. to imitate their idol, but to imitate what they saw, you know, to be, maybe they want to be infamous like on a side note like like that massacre that happened a couple of years ago in new zealand yeah you notice how they never revealed that that person's name they never revealed it so that person ain't famous it's ass got forgotten yep basically and they do have a really large problem with mental health in japan Mm -hmm. they don't even like deal with it a lot like we do in the states which it sucks here in the states we're not good at dealing with it at all but Japan's culture has been so much of like push it away, bury it underneath. If it doesn't benefit the whole, then you're shame, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, the mental health collision with that, I can see being a big issue as well. Definitely. All right. Um. Next article up from from coming out of Japan. Man arrested for stuffing woman's mailbox full of fried chicken. Why would you? Yeah, I was gonna. I'm saying, why would you do that? It it's a little lighter hearted, but it still does uh, come across a little creepy. Uh, ten out of ten, don't do this. Like it's not a good it's not a good look, bro. It's not charming. Just don't do it. Um, Man, the new door dash not guy Yelp sucks. recommended. <laughs> um, dash don't door. All of those things, like just don't. Man arrested in Kobe after stuffing fried chicken into woman's mailbox. Not the best way to tell your ex how you feel. Oftentimes, when a couple breaks up, it's best for both parties to just move on with their lives as civilly as possible. However, some people can't let go without a final message of undying love, indignant anger, or in case of one man, delicious fried food. Mm. At one point in time, Kengo Harada, a 29-year-old middle school teacher from Suiza City, Osaka Prefecture, had a girlfriend. Things didn't work out, but this Harada's lingering emotions led him to the neighborhood where his ex, a 26-year-old woman who lives in Kobe, uh, in to her apartment building. 
And instead of standing outside her window with a boombox over his head or laying a single rose outside her doorstep, Harada expressed his feelings in a very different way. Stuffing her apartment's mailbox with karage, or Japanese-style fried chicken. Now, in most situations, the sudden unexpected appearance of karage is a joyous miracle. Your uninvited ex-dropping pieces in your mail, however, is an exception. And the fact that Harara dropped some plastic straws in as well suggests this was less baby, I just want you to be happy with fried chicken and more haha, have fun cleaning up the trash from my convenience store snack. Then there's the troubling fact that, the Har that Harada was hanging out in the parking lot of his ex's apartment complex in the late night, early morning hours of Sunday, Monday. Luckily, a police officer spotted him as security had been tightened up following a report that the woman... Uh, that someone, probably her ex-boyfriend, had vandalized her car in late March. Harada was arrested on suspicion of violating um, Japan's anti-stalking laws and has admitted to the mailbox vandalism. He is maintaining that he wasn't stalking his ex, though he just happened to be in the neighborhood. And considering it's about a 45-minute drive from Sakai to Kobe, it seems unlikely. So remember, when your ex says it's over, it's over. And also, never ever put leftover food into a mailbox in Japan. And just in general, don't be a dick. Okay. Agreed. That's still a bridge too far for some people. Yeah. I I, I do have one question, though. Was it regular or spicy? Extra crispy. Okay. Probably like tempura-like, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah, I, because the halal chicken place just opened up by me, and Jesus, each bite it was like the loud crunch. So yeah, I I wouldn't be stuffing that chicken. It's it's too good. But um, I think a more appropriate slots to stuff that chicken into. Hi yo. Anyway, we move from stuffing mailboxes to stealing shoes. Somebody go call Al Bundy. Get him on this. Quentin Tarantino visits Japan. <laughs> well, better Quentin Tarantino than Dan Harmon or, or Dan Schneider, whatever his name is. So, yeah. Anywho. It seems that it, the IG prefecture in central Japan has been a hot spot for weird criminal activity between people selling modified Pokemon get from a hacked game to stealing piano covers from schools and slashing women's car tires. There's been a lot of stuff. And now we have a theft of women's shoes and replacing them with brand new ones. 33-year-old Hiroki Katz, an office worker from Nag Nagakute City in Aichi, was arrested on theft charges, and according to the investigators, the man had about 20 pairs of women's shoes in his house, ranging from boots to loafers to flats to pumps. The arrest came after when Katsu was discovered to be the culprit that swapped out a pair of shoes valued at about 5,000 yen, which is a little bit under $45. About a little bit over $45. From a 23-year-old female instructor at a music school in Nagoya. 
and I believe a friend of mine actually lives in Nagoya. I wonder if she heard about this. This incident happened around 10.50 in the morning of January 30th, but the instructor only noticed something strange when she put her shoes on before heading home. And just so you know, it's not unusual for people in Japan to change into slippers while at the workplace. So it's a normal thing there. We're here in the U.S., uh, not so much. The shoes she had worn to work were thoroughly broken in, so she thought it was strange at the end of the day her shoes looked and felt new. So she contacted the cops and suspecting that her shoes had been switched out. After an investigation, it led them to our guy, Katsu, and he basically confessed to the crime, and he was arrested on April 6th. He told the authorities it's not a mistake, uh, and he's never met the music instructor either. Even though he was initially arrested for a theft of one pair of women's shoes, he was found with a collection of shoes that seemed to belong to several different women, and when the cops asked him, he confessed to stealing those shoes as well. Oh my god. His, his answer? I wanted to smell the scent of women's shoes. Well, everyone has their kink. At least he replaced them? Yeah, I mean, he gets bonus points for that, you know. He takes and they're new, it's not like he replaced them with used. Nose. Exactly. It takes time to get shoes comfy, especially heels and stuff like that. Mm -mm, no, 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 bro, don't come for my shoes. Unless you're paying me. Unless you're paying me a very high, high, high price, then we can talk on OnlyFans. You know? <laughs> look, look, I, look, I got a friend, okay, on the side of... On her Tumblr, she gets these anonymous messages from people as from, I guess, dudes asking her to post pictures of her feet, and she's like, no. And we're all telling her, make your money. Make your money. These thirsty motherfuckers will pay... Yeah, if a, if a guy wants to see your pic, someone wants to see pictures of your feet, if they want to pay $50 for two photos of left and the right soul, by all means do it. Anywho. At that point, just find the pictures online and go, here you go. Yeah. That too. That might be false advertising. Mm. But what's interesting is that the police do consider the crimes to be premeditated, as Katsu had taken care to replace each pair of shoes with a brand new pair that were the same brand, style, size, and color. They are, one, they are currently investigating whether additional charges should be placed against him. Well now. So many questions. Hmm. And now, right. our last story coming out of Japan tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> a number of Japanese schools, the school rules, have been under increasing criticism over the last year for being outdated or illogical, and the one getting the most attention these days involves students' underwear. As far as the dress codes, a number of schools have regulations in place that say students must wear white underwear. However, school uniforms are obviously already designed as no-show underwear. Unfortunately, rather take it on faith that the unseen underwear conforms with the rules, some schools exercise their authority in performing spot tests. One method is to have a teacher check the color bra straps pulled up to a student's collar, but one school in Fuku 
Fukuoka Prefecture has used an even more shocking method. Mm. According to a student who was interviewed by the Fukuoka Bar Association as part of a study of as part of a study in school rules, girls at the school are told to light up in the school hallway, standing side to side. They are told to unbutton their shirts while a teacher came and inspected the bras to make sure they were solid white. Yikes! They can't really call the situation better if the student's panties were checked as well. The fact that the underwear check apparently only about the bra strongly implies that it was only girls who were checked to see if they were in compliance with the dress code because, of course. Mm. Semi-logical reason would be that boys' uniforms by nature of having pants meant that their underwear would never be seen anyway. But then the sh- same should at least be true for girls' bras, which are always covered by their uniforms. As for the checking taking place in the hallway, Japanese schools generally don't have locker rooms for general PE classes, which is partially why individual club rooms are often seen in high school sports, anime, and TV dramas. But classrooms themselves are often used as changing rooms before or after PE class, and the school was dead set on performing a bra color check. Doing it in a classroom would have at least had a greater, afforded greater privacy than the hallway. And the reactions have been exactly what you think. They've been mm-hmm. disgusting. I feel sorry for the students. R- schools run by perverts. They should, they should put an immediate stop to the underwear checks. At least one school nearby said that they won't do that anymore. Yep. Imagine trying to pitch this to a local PTA in this country. Honestly, it would happen. In some places, it probably still does. Because girls' shoulders and ankles and knees are just so erotic, especially when they're, like, underage. I don't know how many times that girls get policed because their clothing, either, like, their bra's a darker color than their shirt, especially in Japanese uniforms. You think that, yeah, okay, they're wearing their, their whatever color bra under their uniform, right? White shirts are notoriously sheer. Like, notoriously sheer. This is white. Like, white t-shirt contests are a mm-hmm. thing. Is because white shirts are just notoriously sheer. That's just how... That's just the nature of that fabric, particularly. And so, when you're putting a requirement, especially this deals with a lot with classism and all that other fun stuff, It it's not even for the benefit of the student. It's literally for the benefit of the... the what we always talk about. It's the shame factor. It's that whole, like, oh... Whatever your actions are, they're going against the the school community. You're distracting the school community because you're wearing a nude-colored bra or black-colored bra under your white shirt. When that should not have a place at all. The problem is it's just as easy for a white bra to show through a white mm-hmm. shirt depending on the opacity of the mm-hmm. white shirt. Or how thin, you know, or how thin the material is in general. That's what they're saying, yeah. I mean, honestly, it should be where, you know, the shirts need to be um, opaque right right off the bat. That way, opaque, you, yeah. Yeah, you can't see underneath, there's no this, there's no that, you know. Still, I imagine the pushback in this country would, from the student body at least, would be enormous. Yeah. Well, I, I got I my... Imagine, own... like, like, what color underwear are you wearing? None of your fucking business! I and mean... then the school would probably suspend the student for saying that because, of course, they would. Yeah. Well, mean... yeah, no. I yeah. mean, there's so many... There are so many students that become delinquent because of the clothing that they're wearing to school. 
even if it covers them from toe to neck, like I, and I still dealt with that in my job. I was following the, like, I, I follow the clothing thing to a T and I would still get harassed because they didn't like the way I was dressing. And it's like, well, it's within your dress code. And that's what a lot of happens in a lot of these schools and stuff is that girls get policed a lot more or feminine presenting people get policed a lot more because there's this expectation that, oh, girls' bodies are going to be more distracting. We have to make sure that the masculine or the male presenting people are successful. They can't be looking at shoulders and boobies. Or ankles, God forbid. Or or ankles. Oh, my God. You, you whore! Stoning, Ari. But, yeah, like... Literally, it is so much about this idea that the feminine body is shameful and the feminine body should be hidden. And the fact that these girls are wearing supportive garments that maybe differ from the color and it will be seen through the shirt are distracting to not only the other students, but the teachers. See, what's interesting... Why is a teacher, stare, like, like, why is a teacher ogling a teenage girl? with? Their... Well, considering Japan just outlawed pedophilia quite a few years ago i mean look when i was in high school the dress code wasn't as outlandish as it is now and i could tell you you know both sides were busted if you didn't follow the dress code and i would say for me i would say that's like a one-off case because you know both sides were being you know looked at but, you know, there were those times where if a girl was called out for something, they would call out the guy and they'd be like, oh, okay. Either they would just let it be or just like, both of you go to the principal's office, you know. Now, I understand the point of a dress code. But it shouldn't be draconian. It really shouldn't. Like, shorts. If you're going to wear shorts to school, they should be within, like, Maybe an inch above or below the knee. Simple as that. Leave it at that. And it's not even the length rule. Like, it's not even like, oh, fingertip length or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's more so the fact that, like, this was not... There was no equivalency. They did this for the mm -hmm. girls but, and the feminine presenting people, but they didn't do this for the boys at all because of the expectation. So if you are trying to enforce a rule of underwear color... Underwear color! Who... The hell has time to keep white underwear at white. I'm just saying, like, you mix it with your red, yeah. you do all this other bullshit, See, like, you accidentally wash it with a different color, mm -hmm. dark color, whatever. It's a pain in the ass, one. Two, if you have to keep up keeping your white, like, and buying more because it, do it doesn't stay white, you know? So, like, them not doing it equally or equivalently mm -hmm. through all of the genders in their school is not okay. Yeah. Now, now, here, now, now, the whole yeah, thing the I've guys, seen about about the, about the, uh, about the shoulders. When a girl was showing herself, like showing herself off, or you know, showing off because she had a bare shoulder or whatever. See, that's called a confession. See, now oh, my thing. You just like you just confessed to sexual assault, buddy. <laughs> See, here's my Think thing about, about now. Here's my thing about the blouses. You know, where the shoulder is cut off. I've seen girls wear them. I don't see what the issue is. Now, maybe if the if the blouse had the if off the shoulders, but if it was like like a tube top style, then I think that should not be allowed, and that goes across both sides. So no, the what? biggest issue was yeah. that 
that a lot of at least my school yeah. the rule was two fingers mm-hmm. your your tank top if you're wearing a tank top has to have a two finger wide strap or mm-hmm. the dress you're wearing has to have a two inch wide strap because it has to cover the strap of your bra because we aren't supposed to know that you're wearing underwear and you have a human body that requires parts that support it and therefore everything must be hidden away wait wait so stop, stop that's the biggest issue wait one thing I can kind of see the point on that because it kind of falls along the lines of we don't want to know what you got on underneath. We don't want to know. I get that, but I understand where you're coming from because some things you buy where it can't be helped. That's the design. And sometimes just because the design is not the two inches, but it still looks classy, you know? It's not like we're going to go to school and see someone walking around dressed as Faye Valentine, you know? Well... I kind of, well, I, I kind of have, but you know what? You don't want to mess with that chick because she's gonna kick you right in the face. But, but that's yeah. just it, Ronma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we're falling into the 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 bad situation of you know, oh well, they're dressing this way, so obviously they have these connotations associated with that, and that's not at all how we should be thinking right. about it. But I don't want to fall into this rabbit hole. We could mm-hmm. go on for literal yep. hours. I know we're running a little bit late, so and, and I, I think with yeah, this rabbit hole, to... we'd all be in agreement. We'd have like a little one-offs here and there, but we can always bring it back and kind of understand everybody's point of view, and we're not going to yeah. sit here and argue. I'll say this. Fuck this. Uniforms across the board. You go in, wear your uniform, and that's it. Done. Do that. Polo shirt and slacks ain't going to kill you. So. I am completely and totally against uniforms. This is that, this is that rabbit hole word diving down into. <laughs> See, I warned you. See, she's just now she's just doing that to troll. Anywho. Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. not trolling. I no, just believe not. in I don't individuality. Right. Can we uh move on please? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm trying to move us on. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, now, before we get into, uh, before we get out of here, I forgot to mention something earlier about the other chat that I was in. So I was in um, the Twitch chat with Starlet Creations, saying Yatin on Monday, and we started talking about being older anime fans and so forth. So we kind of came up with the idea of a new type of convention, nursing home con. <laughs> <laughs> And I said one of the one of the rooms, one of the panel rooms, it should have a v, it should have a, a, a old school flat tube TV, VCR playing fourth generation Dragon Ball Z fan subs with lounge music playing in the background. So now that we got that out the way, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Let me see if I can. I I, I I'm so just. That that hurt my brain. What? Well, nursing home convention. I'm just like my first thing went. Okay, what are they eating? Because nobody has got teeth. So there goes <laughs> everything that would be considered. Mako-chan, for no, but all but all the old people walking. Fifteen dollars for a cheap ass. No, no, no. There was this great TikToker who made a wonderful video about it. I can't remember their name, but if I can, I'll I'll post it to Anime Jam Session. Mm -hmm. But there's this this TikToker that was talking about how a lot of us are going to be when we're older and how, like, Freesh Avocado, Mm -hmm. that meme, guys, right? 
is going to be something that we just talk about. And they're, they're the, like the younger ones who I guess take care of us because that's yeah. what younger people are to do. Um, basically are going to be like, Oh yeah. Free Shavaka do. That's like a greeting meaning like you're you stay well and healthy. And like the rest of us are just going to be growing off with memes and stuff <laughs> because we're obviously old. Um, but yeah, and, and 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 the one part where all the old cosplayers with with walkers have converted their walkers into mechs. <laughs> I'm just I thinking about. I, I, I'm just thinking about how many hips are gonna break when the Yowie paddles get brought out. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 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 It's not even that. How many? No. How many hips and backs will be broken at the? Early at the early afternoon um, dance party. People will be doing tricks on their canes and walkers. Because because remember, you know we're old, so we can't be up late. So it's got to be early afternoon because you know bedtime's nine p.m. Somebody would turn their their uh, you know four poster four foot cane into like an improvised pole for pole dancing. Oh God! Okay. God. <laughs> Great timing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. So what we do, if you like, you know, hey, it's all good in the hood. And you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that's podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. And don't forget to check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where we post our weekly podcast. You'll find anime reviews, convention reports, uh, cosplay tips and tricks, cosplay interviews, editorials, so much more at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget to follow, uh, check out our, us out on podcasting sites like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Just search Anime Jam Session. Over 490 episodes. Grab an episode, take a listen, and bring up the date. And these apps will have the ability to allow you to leave reviews and stuff, so if you can, leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. And don't forget to follow us on social media, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us there for our convention videos, cosplay photos, when we're going live, new articles, and then some. And that's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And don't forget, we appreciate the bits. We appreciate the biddies. So down below is our tip jar for Streamlabs. You can click there. You can cheer us on. Anything. We greatly appreciate that. Auto hosting, you name it. Every little bit counts, and we truly appreciate that. So now we're going around the room. Last words, Ari. I have Gail Simone following me on Twitter. Nice. We cool. bonded over our... Uh, discussion over really cool looking pens last words Mako-chan I need an 8 hour nap you always need an 8 hour nap well that's besides the point okay no that is the point but yeah <laughs> last words Ichigo I require adventures so I will be dipping back into Stardew Valley until I am exhausted and tired Wee. My last words, ice cream and more of the way of the house husband. That anime is so cracked out and it's so good. And the live action is just as outlandish, so. But that is it. End of list. 
We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, more chaos and more shenanigans. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigogami. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. Sleep tight. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. Perfect. Awesome. See you next week. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol-whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!